All right. Here we go. I'm going to do my intro. Test one, oh, yeah. two. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the Real Time Experience Podcast with your host, Jose Medina. A special guest here today, good friend Marty Parsons down in uh, North Carolina. A little background on Marty before I introduce him, let him talk a little bit. Um, formerly a Forsyth uh, County Sheriff's Office, Washington, uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. There's Corporal of Inmate Classification, Sergeant of Maximum Security, Gang Intelligence Unit Commander, um, Special Response Team Commander, North Carolina Justice Academy Instructor. And then he went on to work for Pepperball Technologies, Director of Corrections, Special Specialist US, United States, uh, Director of International Sales and Training and co-founder of Mission Less Lethal Technologies, Director of Public Safety Services, U.S. and International Sales Training. Uh, currently works for Millspec Plastics, and uh, some of your accomplishments, I just put on the little laundry list here, developed a nationwide training program for detention facilities and how to disseminate information through gang intelligence to serve the community, federal law, state and local law enforcement. Cool stuff there. Work with the National Sheriff's Association to develop and implement gang intel units in small detention facilities with limited budgets and, and personnel across the U.S. As Academy Director for Foresight Technical Community College, the Academy had an average score of 92.4% for the state exam and class average of 96.1, one of the highest ranking classes in the state of North Carolina. Go, go. Uh, spoke at a major gang, gang conference conferences across the United States on gangs and terrorist groups within the U.S. correction system, developed the North Carolina Justice Academy certification for developing special response team and crisis intervention. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that stuff. Training over, two, training over 250 uh, police officers in three-year period uh, was requested by six other agencies in North Carolina to train and help implement special response teams and train several international specialized and civil disturbance units on less lethal and crowd control, North Carolina education, training standards, advanced law enforcement certification, North Carolina detention administration and management certification, and uh, was at Montreal Anderson College, correct? Correct. Welcome. Welcome tonight there, Marty. Welcome aboard, Thank buddy. you, brother. Thank how's you, sir. Everything, how's everything going? Good. All, all good. Yep. Uh, yeah, busy. <clears throat> staying busy out there? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Get, so did you watch did you watch it real quick did you watch state of union last night uh no 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 i figured i figured they talked about it on, uh... that turn yeah. that, that 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 turn uh, uh um blonde in the sun and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so i was training and then watch the hair come back up again they look at it so i learned about roaches i learned about kids jumping on my lap and I've got kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no, I figured they'd talk about it enough today. Okay. I, I couldn't, I couldn't sit through that, man. I hear you. That's, all a, right. that's a pure mess. <laughs> it's all right. All right. So, anyway, he's not, he's, he, uh, he, he said the uh, something about the Iraqis or something. He, it wasn't even about their Ukraines. It, it was yeah, he the called. Uh, yeah, he called them Iranians. Yeah, yeah. Iranians, and then. Uh, 
Kamala Harris was in the back, you whispering. Yeah. I didn't know if I should stand up like this or oh, like a puppy, like, like a, yeah, like a puppy. Yay, your dentures falling out, dentures uh, falling out. Yeah, so oh god, yeah, that's it. Right now, yeah. state of the world we're in. That's why we're having a good conversation tonight on yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. So, all right, so um, let's tell the audience some of some of you, tell the audience yourself. I I kind of went through the laundry yeah. list, but. Tell the audience a little yeah. bit about your your law enforcement career and your accomplishments from your own words. Yeah, no, I uh, first thing I always say usually is, is even when I was teaching, so we're going to go ahead and start training. Um, I always went around to the officers when I was teaching class and said, hey, tell me three things about you. And sure enough, first three things they'd say was, you know, I, I've been in law enforcement for five years. I'm on a K-9 unit and I work on X amount of whatever team. I said, Dime, man, tell me, tell me, tell me about you. I, I know you're in law enforcement. I know you carry a gun. So I always tell people, I always tell three things that, that somebody wouldn't, they wouldn't know about you, you know? So, so basically, um, I've been married for 20, 27 years, um, to, uh, to Lisa, my wife, and, uh, uh, got three dogs and, and uh, we have uh, we built a nice life together. Uh, no kids. So uh, my wife had cancer about two years after we met, got married back in the oh. day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we uh, decided not to have any kids. So, but as far as law enforcement goes, just, you know, I started back in 1993, 90, 1st uh, January of 94, small little jail. Um, I was thinking about things to say. And when I got interviewed to go work at that jail, it was actually in a, a janitor's closet. They'd made the lieutenant's office into a janitor, you know, out of a janitor's office. And, um, and they had, uh, dude asked me a couple of questions and he's like, you, you worked at a mental facility, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know how to take people down? I'm like, yeah. And he said, you're, you're a second degree black belt in Ish and Rue. And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, can you start Monday? And I was like, that's what it's going to be like. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> start rocking wow. heads right off Jump Street. But wow. I'm glad I worked in an old, old timey, you know, linear jail with big keys slapping and all that stuff. Taught me more than anything I'd ever know. Taught me how to learn. It taught me how to communicate. That's what it taught me how to do. Um, but um, now I've been blessed with uh, with my LE career. Um, you know, I had uh, I was in charge of uh, a gang unit. Had 20 dudes on it. Loved it probably more than any, any spectrum I had working, except for probably the academy. Um, I was on a 50 man SRT unit. We had 16 females. Uh, nobody else had anything like that. Um, and uh, I love the training aspect of everything, but um, I learned the whole gamut in corrections, you know, and that's where I live. I didn't go outside the, uh, the walls, you know, cause I enjoyed it so much. Um, and it's, it's hard for people to think that you could, you know, do 30 or 20 years inside of, you know, a jail or something like that. But I, I loved it. You know, I, I truly, truly did. Um, but, um, I was blessed to have good people that supported me, my lieutenants, my captains, they saw that I was, um, able to take stuff in and make sure that things got, you know, make the, they got right, done right. And, um, always been kind of a leader, so it didn't, it didn't take much to, to start moving up, but, um, and then, um, 
you know, we'll talk about leaving law enforcement. I know that you want to ask that, but, um, and then I did a couple years reservist up there with my, my good buddy up in another County after I left my full-time career, uh, and, uh, for site. So, yeah, I, mainly I taught, I taught most of my career, you know, so. How, how, uh, how long was the academy when you went to the academy for like corrections down there? So it was four months. Four months. Yeah. And I went through night school. Okay. I had a full time job. Yeah. I went, I had a full time job at a psychiatric hospital and went through the school. So um, I'm sorry. And that took six months. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you worked your job. Uh, you worked your job. And then, yeah. Oh, like, wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to school every night. Okay. So, how, yeah, big, so. How, big is a, how big is the department at the time when you got on? Uh, about 260 people. Now it's 700. Wow. Yeah, when I left there, it was like 620. Yeah. That's big. So, it's a, it's a big, yeah. So, I worked in, um, you know, a linear jail. I think it was a 200-bed 200, 200 facility, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, everybody's sleeping on the floors, you know just no room whatsoever um and then we moved over to the new facility which is um considered a mega jail because it was over a thousand beds so it was two 12-story towers um it was rocking man we rocked that place it was crazy yeah how um how long before your career started did you start like you said teaching but how many years into the career before you really started they started letting you teach or instruct like yeah so no, no, I, I, I got on uh, SRT about eight months after I got there, um, went through the, the school there, um, and then, you know, worked my way through, and then um, it's probably about my fourth year, they started letting me, I went to, I went to the Justice Academy to get certified to teach, and then from then on, I, it was, that was my whole, you know, that was my track basically what was the training you were doing like yeah, from use of force uh, oh yeah i did uh yeah defensive tactics uh i did all the uh, use of force uh, that was one of my big things ride control was the biggest thing for me uh that's why i enjoyed the most um and then um i taught uh in I taught, so i taught the academy and then i taught the law enforcement for the winston police department as well so i taught all the jail stuff all the laws of how how operations of a facility what they should be doing what they shouldn't be doing um communications was another one uh that i taught every time i always made sure that i was one teaching communications um and then uh search and seizures that was another one that i always taught myself i just didn't it's not that i didn't trust anybody it's just that's what i had i want i knew how to do it the right way and i didn't want people slacking you know right. so i had my own system didn't have to take my system, but at least they, you know, hopefully they took a little bit of it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. I mean, uh, yeah. so do you, you said you talked to the police side as well. You said riot control, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. that we, yeah. yeah. So it was, was there a lot of um, dis, um, disturbances in the prison? Right. Yeah. You had a lot of them. Oh yeah. 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 We had, we had uh, uh, eight man teams every shift. Right. And um, I mean, we battled, man. Especially at old jail, it was it was a uh, winner take all there. 
you know, you get over to the new facility, um, you know, it was more organized and, and, uh, but we battled, you know, I wouldn't say every shift, but it was damn close, you know, I mean, it, it's got some nasty dudes down there. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. <laughs> so, so your, your, your place was a county facility. Was it like yeah. prison? It's actual prison itself or no, it was a county. Okay. Yeah. And then they yeah. were just like our county. They wait, they would like either do an X amount of time where they're waiting for final sentencing yeah. to go to a state prison. Yeah. Up to two years. How bad yeah. uh, compared the correction facility for the county compared to the state prisons? Like I, w- I always felt when I worked with county, um, a lot of these dudes, they, they wanted to, to fight and get into some stuff because the, the, their initial goal, the main goal was to get down to state prison because that's right. where you get all the benefits. It's like perks, you know? Is that yep. the same way in same North Carolina? Way. Same thing. So they were just yeah. starting stuff up just to get out to go. Yeah. To the, the yeah. Population. They didn't like their sentence. They come back from court. They want to fight. They wouldn't want to go to court. You had to get them out of court, put them in restraints, take them over there. I mean, you know, it's just stupid. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, we caught we shot uh, this one guy. Uh, he got sentenced to twenty five years. Young dude. Um, he was he was probably. 2021 and uh so you know our facilities it was 20 man bays uh in the say i work mainly segregation i work max security that that was when i was a sergeant and a corporal that's what i worked um until i moved down to the training division and um you know he got up on the uh the top tier walked across this uh mechanical uh box got up there he said come get me and uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's let's go get him. So, you know, we got a 40 out. We shot him. He fell. <laughs> I mean, they just – that was, that was you know, when we were using pepper ball and, and all that stuff. So, that's one thing that um, – that uh, I know your son's at Corrections now, but, uh, you know, if he ever gets on a, a ERT or CERT or whatever, um, you know, a lot of those dudes, I don't understand it because I always talk differently. But um, – so, I would teach a whole – I would get a block, uh, excuse me, 40 hour. They had to go through a 40 hour class, right? Just like a basic SWAT school, right? right. And um, so like, you know, when you're going to an extraction or anything like that, a lot of the uh, non-SRT commanders and stuff, they would spray OC into the cell and then say, go and get it. <laughs> and you're like, why? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Shut the door and nice. we'll be back in like 15 minutes. Right. You know, go get them. But it was, we got more people hurt that way, man. You know, you know, if you, if you, you said, I had to look at all the use of force reports, all the use of force videos. That's the first thing I did every morning. Um, you know, so, but you know, you watch it and you go, you know, you get some lieutenant up there and he, he, he one doesn't believe in SRT or he just don't really give a shit because it's 2 30 in the morning. He don't want to deal with it. Um, he sprays in there and he goes, go get him. And you're like, dude, I don't know how many times I got to take. My guys are not going in like that, you know. But, you know, you can't train everybody the same way. They don't the, – the belief system's not the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and, and you had uh, – obviously, you had some really strong standards uh, that you yeah. created, you created your team. You created a team or you – there was no, a team I was in place. I was second, yeah, I was the second batch going – I'm going to say I was the second batch. We had to buy our own uniforms. Right. We didn't get paid for training. Wow. Yeah. When we first started. Yeah. 
So, and, you know, we train, you know, twice a month, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's crazy. That was one of the first questions they asked you on the interview when you go in is, do you mind buying your own uniforms? Because they're not going to buy them for you. <laughs> <laughs> you buy your own SWAT gear. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, here's some blue jeans and a, and a shirt. Marty, you ever seen a grown man naked? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, man. But you know what, though? You took care of your shit. Yeah. Well, without a doubt. Because yeah. it's yours, yeah. right? So you buy your yeah. own. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm taking my care of my shit, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star stuff and all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but like you said, you did twice. So you, you know, what year, what year was that when you were training your team twice a month? Like, was that 90s, that was, 2000? Uh, 90, oh, yeah. No, it was 94, 95, 96, right. 97. Yeah. So yeah. It was, a, yeah. It was a long time before they started paying us. Oh, really? Actually trained, yeah. Yeah, we fought okay. that for a long time. No kidding. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's funny. At, we, least, at least you're well, – that's interrupting. You, you're ahead of the curve at that time because when I started our team, you know, the research was started and then – in the late nineties, that's when at the time there was no cell phones. Right. So, so yeah. I, I was literally making calls to LA, LA County SWAT and LAPD SWAT and um, all the, the full-time teams. And I would ask, ask them, you know, you know, what you guys listed as your recommendation of standards for tactical units, you know, whether it's yeah. correction cert or, or police SWAT. Cause I always said tactical units like yours or the ones that I trained, whatever that or it was part of, like yeah. you gotta have certain standards and stuff. So they told us like it was it should be at least a part-time team should, should be 240 hours a year. So you know, yeah. if you, you equate for like our department was a 10 and three quarter hour shift for patrol, 10 hour uh for support division. So we created twice a month training, 12 times a year. So we pretty much hit the, the target mark. Yeah. Um, but a lot of teams, you know, that around us, they weren't doing that. They were, going, yeah. they were showing up, you know, going to the range, whatever, for six, six, maybe seven hours tops. Sometimes the teams are so too big that I would tell, the, like, some of the team leaders from, the, like, different counties, like, you need to, like, separate your training. Like, maybe have, you know, one one group on the range, the other group doing tactics somewhere else, and then reverse. Yeah. But like, like you said, like you're in, in the mid-90s, and you were, like, ahead of the curve, in a sense. And then I could tell you from experience, a lot of teams in the 2000s, like, when we were training a bunch of them, they 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 worked off our standards, but now like I'll talk to yeah. some guys on our teams, like certain ones, and they they barely get any time in. You know, like they're lucky if they Crazy. get once a, once a month, and it's six seven hours tops, and you're like, that's that's nuts. You know, yeah. You know how do you how do you justify that? You know, so that's good that you were doing that. Yeah, well, the uh, lieutenant artist, uh, and he was my mentor. He, uh, you know, he's the one that started him and a couple other guys and uh, Ike Moser, those cats, they're, they're the ones that started it. And, and um, you know, they had that foresight, you know, all military guys, you know, I was never in the military. I played baseball in college. I knew I was going to come home and do something in, in, you know, law enforcement, just didn't know what it was going to be. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, they had the foresight to, to look at it and go, you, you got to treat this thing paramilitary. If you don't, it's not going to succeed. And, uh, you know, learning from artists and, and those guys back in the day, um, to, I mean, it's, you know, you know how it is. You get that one dude that you, you look up to that's just, you know, he's, he's the dude, man. You can call him, I can call him today. 
you know, even though I know he's fishing and drinking beer. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I could call him today, yeah. you know, that's cool. But, um, yeah. Um, but when, you know, when we took over, uh, when, you know, when artists and those guys, uh, retired from it, and we took over, uh, the younger bunch, I would say, um, we, we, you know, we became more progressive as far as like, you know, and I know we'll probably talk about steel materials, but we would, that's, I mean, that's the only way we could do it because there wasn't, there wasn't a lot out there for corrections, uh, right. response teams. Right. So you had to adapt anything you could entries, the way you walk, all that stuff, um, from, from SWAT. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we had to do. And it was like, yeah, that works. And then, you know, you got a major that supports that, um, because he knows it's a liability if you don't train. Right. So, um, that's, that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, with teams today, well, everybody's short staff right now. So they're not even training right now. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. He's like training. We don't train. You know, we go in and do sales searches because we don't have enough people to actually work, you know? So they're not training anybody. So they're, just, you know, they're going to get hurt. I mean, I, I hope they don't. I pray they don't. But I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you can only do so much. But, uh, well, we took a different approach. We did more videos and, and um, um, as far as like showing different techniques. And, and then, you know, we, we battled in there. We, when we did our, our, uh, crowd control and stuff and we did it over and over and over and over again i mean that's it was the only way because you know we knew we weren't gonna get maybe one to you know maybe two days of training a, a month so we had to you know you're gonna lose that function after a month you know two months so we made it uh we made sure that they learned so and that's what we did over. and i'll tell you another thing we did too which is kind of crazy is um we took tours we so we had four teams, right? And then, uh, you know, A and B would train on one day, C and D would train on the other day, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, what we would do is, is um, since I was head of training for the SRT at the time, that's where I got my big training from. Um, I would, we would take tours of different facilities. Like we'd go down to death row and we'd talk to the officers down there. We'd go to Charlotte Mecklenburg and talk to their SRT team, train with those guys and see how, what, how, you know, what's, what's the difference. And that's where the whole standards thing came in from the justice Academy is we said, look, uh, me, uh, a couple other dudes, um, uh, we said, if we're going to make a standard, let's make it a standard for the whole state. So that's what we tried to do. So we did that. And it was a, it was a two week school. You do 40 hours and then you come back for another 40 hours. And, um, and we did it all. And we, we took that whole thing, made a certification for the Justice Academy. They accepted it, accredited it. And then that's when we started training all the, um, all the guys. They'd come down to the Justice Academy and it's free hotel, free, free food, everything. And we just trained them. And that's what we did day and night. That's and awesome. It was really cool. Wow. That's, that's good, man. Yeah. So again, yeah. ahead of your time, you know, that's where, and, and you said it best, you know, that at that point, all of us were like, I was getting stuff shipped, you know, sent over to printed handouts yeah. from LA County, LA SWAT. And, the, you know, yeah. I had my Marine Corps, like when I did our PT assessment, I created off some of the Marine Corps meets uh, Cooper standards and you know, analyzed it back then. So, you know, you basically, you take from other things and then, but then you, you wind up creating your own, 
you know, yeah. you, you don't like, like you said, you, you had to, you had no choice because how are you going to learn the skills unless you have some experts from some other places and right. you know, that, that can give you that information. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's critical um, to, to, to work off. And then, like I said, I just said like nowadays, um, you know, we'll talk more about it. I mean, it's just been, it's been, it's different. It's definitely different. Um, you know, although, although, you know, you, you look around, like there's a lot of dudes out there, like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of any guy or gal who gets on a SWAT team, uh, yeah. a tactical unit, you know, SOG team, whatever. Um, but I always felt like let's, let's keep it humble. You know, like we all have that energy, excited energy in the beginning, but once you start running stuff, like I've always tried to train guys, like, you know, uh, I talk in many other podcasts and classes about, you know, self-leadership, but, you know, tell guys, eventually you're going to build yourself up to be, be a leader somewhere. Um, yeah. to be your own leader is the most important thing, but, but there's a lot of dudes out there that, you know, right away, you know, all these guys think they're Navy SEALs, you know, especially yeah, Georgia, yeah. Delta and, you know, yeah. and, and you're looking at them like, you know, guys, like, you know, put the foot on a break, you know, and that, and that to me, that's where the law enforcement, that's why I said I wanted to do segments about the truth about law enforcement because, you know, the, the land of make believe is what it is. You know, somebody's going to yeah. say, you know, like we, you know, we run a lot of classes and, and when it's time to go hands on on a training exercise, so many dudes, you'll see some dudes also, and that's where the, 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 the rubber hits the road. You know what I mean? Like also like, Oh, let's get, get on the mat. Let's roll. And then you'll see yeah. some, some of these dudes that walk around high speed, low drag on the range. Also, when it comes to hands-on, they're, they don't know how to do anything other than run with a, a rifle or, you know, yeah, you know, MP5, whatever the case may be. And like you said, that's why it's good to hear you talk about, you know, search and seizure. Like right now you see search and seizure, you know, everywhere. Like everyone's, everyone's an expert teaching search and seizure now. Like guys like you yeah. train your team. I was training my team and then I, I started our business based off the model of, of understanding case law, search and seizure, certain you know, yeah. common, common sense things. But now, you know, out here on the streets or even in correction, like I, you, some of these cops, you, they're asking the, sometimes they love them, but they ask some of the dumbest questions. Like it's common sense stuff, you know, and you start saying stuff, who's training these people, you know? I don't know. You know, like, like, hand, like handcuffing, like, like handcuffing is insane. Oh. Like, you know, how to handcuff people. It's insane. Yeah. How to detain a person. Like just hold a person. You know, do you have to always take a person down to the ground? No. Like the, you know, yeah. like, and you said it best. And, and you heard, uh, I'm sure you listened to the last pod podcast with Pat yeah. Carlo. Yeah. Like, you know, because all of us yeah. have common corrections amongst us. You're correct. I was sure. correct. It was. So we, yeah. also, we have to say the same thing. Like we, we started, we learned a lot from corrections just from the communications aspect, which is big, yeah. you know, yeah. um, it was mostly hands-on the cop. I mean, yeah. the cop job, cop job on the street is hands-on. I mean, inside the yeah. jail, it's hands-on. And as my son, yeah. he has the ability, I think in April, he he's eligible to try out for the team. So he, I'm sure he's going to try out. Um, he's a know, big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, yeah. And, yeah. But, you know, like a lot of these guys, I just want them, whether it's my son or not, I just, you know, I want these guys to, you know, I try to tell them like him and others, like always read good information about your job. Like always stay up. You don't need some clown in a polo type polo shirt. Like some of these clown companies that are yeah. out there teaching you how, this is how you do, you know, how do you stop a car? This is how you, you pat search somebody. Listen, yeah. read, read your stuff. Like if you have a trainer like yourself with your experience, the guys back in, they obviously guys back in your place, you know, respect you. 
you know, you bring in that, that really strong knowledge. And that's why I try to tell these young guys, like, that's one thing you should always be focused on is like some of the basic stuff, you know, reading wise inside your department agency that someone might've taught you, you know, because you're going to, you're going to have to remember that. And then when it comes mm-hmm. time to go to hands, you know, okay, you're not going to hesitate because you're going to know, okay, I know what to do. Oh, the guy you know, jerked his arm on me, you know, well, first of all, he's in, he's in jail. Right. Yeah. So right out of the box, like, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's not like he's at a convenience store where, you know, Hey, yeah. come here, sir. It's like, you, you know, dude, you're in here jail for a reason. So now come with me. I'm, you know, I'm putting you in handcuffs and now the guy starts torquing totally different charges. <laughs> now you, now you have like your, your, your expertise. Like now you have the world, you know, the world by the balls with this guy, because it's like, yeah. dude, you're in here. This is, this is, you're in here for a reason. And, and again, I just try to tell, a lot of these young guys in corrections, like, dude, just read your stuff. If you got somebody like, you know, Gamardi Parsons teaching you anything, certain seizure stuff like that, like, you got to soak that stuff in. You yeah. don't have to walk around like an attorney, but just know, you know? No, it's just, you know, it's just so crazy, though. You know, when I, when I, when I eventually got out, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't up on the floors or anything. But um, now you were talking to, uh, right quick, like I had something else. Uh, you know, we were talking about going hands on and stuff. Yeah. So, so I remember doing um, defenses tactics class, and I was teaching, you know, a move to take a person down and stuff. And one of the the jokesters that we put on the team, um, p- pretty good guy. He 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 was all right. Um, I took him down, and I, I when I hit, you know, I hit him. I hit him with my elbow, and I hit him in the sternum. And I landed on top of him. And I was like, when I landed on top of him, I was talking to the rest of the guys, right. And I look down and the guy's like tearing up. And I'm like, you, you're not about to cry, are you? He's like, no, Sarge, I'm not about to cry. I said, seriously, man, tell me if you tell me, because I need to let your ass up so you can go to the bathroom, dude, because you're not you're not gonna be crying on this right. this mat in here. And uh it was his last day. He didn't think he was gonna get hit. And and it was funny because we were we I, I told you I went to this uh retreat this weekend and played golf. And I played with uh, one of my all-time best friends. Uh, we were ran the teams together, ran a gang unit together, and we were going through all old stories and stuff, and and um, talking about how you know his his guys today they don't know how to communicate, but they don't even know how to. They, they're scared to actually touch the inmates, you know, where they're called residents, you know, now. Uh, most places, which is kind of crazy, but um, he said it, it's just a crazy statement. He said, as soon as they something, something altercation happens, if they find somebody hanging or something, they're gone, they're done. They didn't think it was going to be like that. My nephew got him into academies, uh, a train training, uh, went through BLET the whole nine. He got a two year degree in law enforcement or you know, um, criminal justice, and uh. Two weeks later, man, he was like, Uncle Marty, I'm, gone. I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? He's like, I seen that dude in the hotel room. He was dead. And all that. He's like, it's just, it's just not for me. And I said, you better be glad you, you, you know that now. Because I wouldn't want you I wouldn't want you out there trying to protect me if you, if you were scared. Because you're not going to help me. You're not going to help me at all. Uh, which is good. But now he's, you know, he's, he, he, he made the right move. And it was, I'm good for him. You know, you know, it's not cut out, you're not cut out. What's he doing uh, now? What's he doing now? He's a, a, a 
he does um, uh, roofing, but he does the it's a in it's a corporate roofing. He does the assess, the estimates. He's making more money. He's making more there than he was making in LA by a long shot. Yeah, he made, he made um, out good. Yeah, he made out good. Oh. So and you know, um, I don't know. I, I could ramble on for a long time. We have before, but you know, I was telling, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Just check this out. Excuse me. Their their agency seventy five officers down. Right, two thousand twenty one. They had seventeen hundred applicants. COVID hit. They had uh, from January to around October. They had one hundred and seventy applicants. Right. Yeah. Wow. That because the one thing is is um, there's two things. Everybody, I think I'm, I'm gonna say this the way. I mean, I think I think everybody should start off in corrections. Because it does teach you how to learn how to learn how to communicate. You learn hands-on, and you you learn that discipline. If you're good enough, if you want to go to the streets, you'll be disciplined enough to to take every bit of that in. You get to actually know the people in your community. So when you go out on the street, and, and this has happened to to several of them, they'll go out on the street, see it, you know, go, go from corrections to patrol, see one of the guys they had an inmate. He was an inmate. And start talking to that dude on the street and call and de-escalate the whole situation down just because he knew him from inside. You know? I mean, and then and then you, you know. That's what, that's what happened to me. I mean, when I got out, I was in for a couple of years and uh, you know, I, would, I would pick the brains of all the inmates in there. That was my, my mm -hmm. thing, you know. And then uh, when I got on the road, you know, I literally would just handle calls so much easier, so much confidence. And then Every once in a while, like hell, I, I was running a SWAT, our SWAT drill down, you know, about an hour away from here to by the Delaware River, Mercer County Corrections Facility, but they had a beautiful range off the Delaware, you know, and yeah. it would go all the way out there. And then I always tell guys, like, you know, you get these cops, I'm, I'm going to move an hour away from my place of work because, you know, I don't want to know these guys I lock up. Okay. So here I am in Piscataway, New Jersey, and I'm out in Mercer County, an hour away. And we go grab lunch. And all of a sudden, like, Medina, turn around. <laughs> Former arsonist guy finally got out of, what's up, man? How are you doing? I get he's work release all night. What's up, man? The guys like, who yeah. is he? You know, they're talking to me, the guys on the team. You know, some of the young cats are looking at this dude. Hey, how you been, my brother? And they're talking all the slang. So yeah. I'll talk to you later. And all of a sudden, we're grabbing our lunch. They're like, who's that guy from? Oh, he's in jail. He working corrections with you? Said, oh, he was actually an inmate. Yeah. What? I go, yeah, he tried burning down a house, blah blah blah. <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, like like you said, it was it was just it's so easy. And then like domestics, I'd go on certain people that I knew from that we locked up, they were there. As soon yeah. as you walked in, you could do you basically de-escalate a situation 10 times faster, or like you said, yeah. you just yeah. had the skill and ability to do it. To do it, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I agree, like I you know, I've said you know, I've said it many times. I think even if it's a week out of the academy where they have to go, even if some of yeah. these social, even some of these social workers, you know, you know, these politicians, you know, I, I've always felt like, you know, not to get crazy politics, but yeah. I always, I always said a politician that wants to run their constituents, all that bullshit. And, you know, if you support the cops, that's great. If you don't support the cops that you're playing, you're playing to you know, politics. I still say every politician 
should be required to do at least one ride along a year, no matter who you are, do a ride along yeah. in the police department. So if you're in DC and you're like, you know, your constituents in DC, you got to do ride along on a Friday night, DC, yo, Baltimore. Oh shit. Yeah. There, you know what I mean? Like this shit's got yeah. real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. then 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 you're gonna hear the Corey Bushes of the world. Oh, yeah. Black Lives Matter, all this stuff. That's great. But jump in the in the car yeah. with the fellow officers, you're a politician. Friday night, it's yeah. on like Donkey Kong, you know, yeah. and you when you hear the shots fired, like, oh my god, this is what we're dealing yeah. with on a regular basis. But you people keep taking money away from us and we can't yeah. even train. You just said it like between short staff, COVID retirements now. Like, oh, yeah. It's hard to get trained. It's hard to get cops yeah, trained. They, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, everything's done on computer now. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Computer yeah. based. Nobody's, yeah. Nobody's learned anything. Yeah, man. Take them down to the discotheque. See if they can't be, uh, identify a gang member or something on a Friday or Saturday night. Right. <laughs> Exactly. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, my boy Carlos, uh, when I was at the task force and I was running a bunch of narcotics jobs and stuff, but he, he came on loan because he was the gang intelligence guy from the yeah. county jail. So he's a correction officer, but they brought him out to the county prosecutor's office to work with us. So he was part of the, the whole gang unit. But like, you know, he was getting a little mesmerized too. Like when we started doing all these tactical jobs and stuff like that, he'd come in like, holy shit. Like it's, you know, when you're inside the correctional facility and he was always a good cop in there, a great cop. Um, yeah. And he was great with the gang stuff, you know, but like when you get to finally see firsthand, like, holy shit, like the stuff that's going on on the streets in front yeah. of you, you start, you got to pause. So can you imagine like a politician, some council person, you know, whatever, or some media person do a ride yeah. along with us. And, and then- <laughs> You know, no yeah. cameras, no no cameras, nothing. Just ride along and watch what happens. You know, going to the prisons, like going to the prisons and and do do a hangout. You know, hangout yeah. session. You know, hang out with the, the correctional facility at in a pod or whatever. You know what they call them, and do about eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> side by talk, side with an officer. To, yeah, with the correctional. Nice officer. Talk talk to somebody who's killed somebody else, right? Quick. Right. Right. You know, I mean, just and, yeah, and cut just her head off. off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm raping my kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like geez. myself naked. What can I say? You know, like, and, and, yeah. and, and, right, and they did it without a blink. They did it without a blink. And that's what, yeah, dude, that's what's so cool about talks like this. Like, we're just like, again, simple guys. Hopefully, yeah. more people hear about the tr- This is what really goes on. Like, cop yeah. to cop, this is what we're talking like. This is the stuff that people yeah. need to hear and see. Yeah. And you're 100% right, dude. Like, <laughs> go inside to your place and then have a chat with me. Yeah, you do know, your cycle, like, um, do your psychoanalysis afterwards. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know my wife's just a psychologist or a therapist, and she—that's how I met my wife. I worked at uh, Charter Hospital, and that's that's how we met. But nice. um, yeah, um, kind of crazy place. I was holding somebody down. She was talking to him. Uh, we we connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill you, Tommy. You're calm oh, down. Yeah. Come on down. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, doctor, yeah. have, have a chat yeah. with him. Yeah, I know you're so in a dark. Up. I know you're in yeah. a dark space right now. Yeah. But it's uh, but yeah, she helped me. Uh, she helped me with. Uh, I built the first mental health unit um, in our facility. It was twenty man bed facility uh, with with just mental health. Yeah, and she, you know, she she played a big part of that. And uh, and that's what I went to school for. And um, and uh, so yeah, so they drafted me to do that back in the day. But what comes out of that is, is, you know, me and Randy, the guy I was telling you about earlier, um, 
crazy dude, crazy as hell. His brother killed uh, his, they were both crazy. I think it was all incestual or whatever. But uh, dude woke up that morning, he says, I think I'm gonna go kill somebody today. He walks right outside, man, <laughs> he shoots the dude. And, um, and uh, so we, they were trying to find a gun, couldn't find a gun. So they called me and said, hey, can you go talk to, to his brother? And I said, he's crazy as hell right now. He's eating his own shit. Yeah, go, let one of them politicians go in there and watch somebody eat their own shit right quick. But, um, but anyway, um, got him out, started talking to him. I said, man, where'd your brother hide that gun? Led us right to the gun. Um, and that's, that's the kind of thing. The one thing that we, uh, that we always did with the gang unit, uh, we always, we, uh, always made sure that the patrol officers, county and city, they could come to us at any time, you know, because you know, it, it's a huge thing. You know, we can get phone records. We can tell you what the behaviors are inside, who they're actually talking to, find out who, you know, find a snitch that can find out what we need to know about that cat. And, and they can't do that from in there because once they, you know, once they give them to the, you know, the officer in the Sally pool, their shit's done. You know, that's where we go to work on the inside. And that's why we, that's how we try to train people uh, and, and tell, uh, we, we used to have monthly gang meetings with um, the county, city, probation, um, and whoever else wanted to come. We had, I think it was like eight or nine counties that would come to this meeting once a month. And we would talk about all the gang members, all the activity going in and out through our little region. Man, there were so many, so many cross uh, uh, communications about this dude slinging dope here, but he's coming up to you guys and he's slinging dope up to you. And it, man, it was just a, um, and Randy, you know, Randy, like I said, Randy was, that was his gig, man. He, that was his, he knew, he knew how to run that thing. And, um, and that, and that's what one of the things we did. Cause you know, I was, I was with the gang association for, I don't know, 15 years and um and 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 did all that stuff too so um that's a, you know, I mean, that's I, a lot that's a lot of intel i mean oh it's huge your background his background that's a lot of yeah. intel. people don't realize yeah. like that's like it's because it's, it's international it's not just yeah you know, it's from your your place but it, it you know you got you know ms-13 and oh yeah you got them all over the place so i mean you're talking international yeah. intel yeah, crazy. yeah and you know when biker gangs were bigger than we are, they are now you know, they're not as publicized now. Yeah. And they, they, I think they've yeah. kind of, you know, slowed their roll a little bit, um, you know, as far as getting out there and the media and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, we used to pass on all kinds of information to these cats. And, uh, and that was, you know, we loved it. We'd work all the time. And, um, but, uh, no, I, I enjoyed teaching. That, that was my deal, man. I, I, you know, there's a, a scene in um, Remember the Titans, you know, when they go down to the, uh, the graveyard. Right, I don't right. Know if you remember. And they talk about how, you know, if we don't come together and we don't work together, then, you know, we're going to. And I played that. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. it's just a great scene because, you, you know, I know they're talking about the Civil War and everything. But what we're talking about is brotherhood. And, you know, me and you have talked about that before. But it was just a, a you know, he was just trying to say, you know, if we don't, you know, if I don't care if you like me, you don't like me, I don't like you, but we got to work together. And, uh, and a lot of, you know, when you're working in corrections, a lot of these people, nobody dreams about being a correctional officer, right? <laughs> they want to be the police, right? Yeah. They don't, yeah there's no, there's no correction dog, 
right? There's a swap doll, but there's no correction <laughs> doll, right? You know, you don't go to your dad and say, I want to be a correctional officer, dad. I want to be a cop? No, correctional officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. And, uh, and I used to tell people that all the time. I still do. Um, you know, we're getting people that were working at five below or, or, or the dollar store the day before. And they're like, man, this pays a lot more money than the dollar store does. That's really. Let, let me go check this out right quick. You know, and, and you get Nancy in there and she's more liability than anything, you know, but that's what they're getting. You know, yeah. nobody. Um, another thing, buddy of mine wrote this down. Uh, buddy of mine went to a class a couple weeks ago. There were 60 people in the class. The speaker said, how many people would, would tell their sons or daughters to go into law enforcement? Raise your hand. Zero. Zero out of 60. Raise their hand. That's where we're at, Medina. Oh, crap, man. And how do you change it? Right. You know? Well, listen, listen. It, here's a, a read report right. going out to what you're saying. It's a good point because uh, Police One, I'm on policeone.com, right? Yeah, and yeah. the results that they did a second annual state of the industry survey, and uh, they concurred at least uh, out of two twenty three hundred seventy six uh, seventy six respondents, fifty nine percent chose poor agency leadership as a source of job dissatisfaction, fifty four percent indicated they do not re uh, receive regular or constructive performance feedback from supervisors, and then seventy seven percent said that morale had decreased in their agency in the past year so they're, they're basically going to do a live webinar to talk about how do we fix this Ooh. yeah how do you fix it right and like you just said right you just co coincide what you just said raise your hand and you would tell yeah. somebody and, and no one's raising their hand yeah right you know and that's that's a tough one. right i mean like you said I, I i got in corrections and my goal was to like you said i wanted to be a cop and yeah but, well, once the list was dying out, I'm like, all right, well, I took a bunch of tests and, and then all of a sudden I got lucky and they hired me. And, but, but I mean, it's just one of those things Like you look at it now, like why not, doesn't anyone want to do it? Um, why don't I want to do the job? Why, why, why don't they want to be cops or whatever? And, you know, obviously we know it's that stuff like that, like bad leadership or um, yeah. bad leadership from the top politicians that are trickling down and, you know, yeah. I mean, and then I think you said it best before, though, with that story where the guy got hit, the young guy got hit in the chest and yeah. he never been hit before. I mean, that's a wake up call, you know, because you got yeah. cops, you got cops and COs that'll just try to coast, 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 coast. And also when one confrontation happens, yeah, you know, it becomes this big trying to get a pension or, oh, my God, oh, my God. And um, and especially now, like it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a different climate, you know, a different climate of. The young, the, unfortunately, it's nothing against the young. A lot of, a lot of, not all the youngins, you know, are different. Right. But yeah, you know, you put a badge, a uniform badge, and a gun, you know, or, you know, handcuffs, whatever. It gives you some sense of authority. And I think the problem with some of these these cops, they get too full of themselves, too fast. Yeah. And until some, and then when something happens, you know. Oh man, maybe I wasn't as as badass as I thought I was. But the reality yeah. is, like, listen, if you're like you said before, you're getting good training, which you're not getting. Um, no. What training are you doing? And 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 something to be said about guys that there's cops that you know. When I say cops, I mean corrections also. So mm. I mean you know like 
Well, well, the department department should pay yeah. for all your training. That's, well, the department shouldn't pay for all your training. Like they should. Like if you're on a tag team, they should make sure invest the money they can into your training. If they you want to be a firearms instructor and it costs money, they're yeah. gonna send you right. But there's a point in time, like I say, there's officers that want to maybe further their degree. You know, maybe they want to get. You know, especially they don't have a degree. I want to get a bachelor's degree. Well some departments have an initiative where they pay a certain part of tuition, but you still have to pay to get that degree. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or before you be some of these departments. Now you have to be, have a degree in certain places to become a cop. So you, you invested in yourself to become a cop. So you got this master's degree to become a police officer instead of becoming an attorney. So, yeah. okay, fine. But like you said, there's a point in time where you have to at least train a little bit on your own. But then, you know, so I always said it should be a 50-50 thing. And you said it best before we've talked about it. There's too much computer-based training going on. Yeah. Um, there's too many of these clowns coming in and, and just doing this whole accreditation thing and, and just making, you know, departments are quick. That's the thing. Departments are quick to spend that thousands of dollars on that stuff. Yeah. Do a copy and paste. Here you go. You're all formatted, ready for, you know, whatever state accreditation it is. That's fine. Yeah. But you as a leader of a department... If you're spending 10, 15, 20,000, 30,000 for somebody to come in and look, review paperwork and copy and paste. But if a, if a dude wants to go to a class that costs 600 bucks for a week, you know, a female also wants to go to a, def a defensive tactics instructor class for a week, you know, a GST or whatever. Yeah. Oh, how much does it cost? 800. Well, we can't afford that, but you could afford, you can afford this company to come in and they're going to cut them a check for 30, 40, 50,000 for some bullshit. Yeah. But, but so, so it's like yeah, like you said it, it just it's a it's a i don't know man I, I think sometimes i think it's it's the greatest organizations in the world but at the same time it's like sometimes it can become an organized mafia you know what i mean like yeah. it's just, no it is it, it's it's what they want to buy when they want to buy spend when they want to spend a lot of times right i, I was lucky you know we we, we had a, we had a good major we had, i had two good majors and they 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 were supportive of of education making sure the officers train right in both of them. Uh, one of them works um, for the government now and the other one's retired, but um, um, they, they didn't mind spending. You know, we would, we would uh, you know, the first time we ever went to the mock prison riot, I said, look, we're gonna have to pay for hotel rooms and gas and food. And they're like, I don't think we can afford it. We just sent it four dudes, right? Just to see what it was like back, you know, when it first started, I was there for the first first year. and. Um, Thank God. That, I mean, we stayed in one of the seediest hotels up there in West Virginia you would ever see. It was the cheapest, <laughs> like $35 a night, man. That's great. That's but, um, but yeah, so, but now today I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for some of these, these young dudes that, that actually are proud to wear the uniform like we did. You know, I, I took care, I took pride in my uniform. Me you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get some of these dudes and they always said, you know, you get a sloppy officer, you, that's the person that's going to get, get attacked. Right. Yep. So, you know, and they taught us from, a you know, from the jump street, take, take pride in it. And, uh, and some of these dudes don't, some of them it's different now though, because, you know, everybody's wearing the outer vest and carriers and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. it's more of a polo kind of world with the, with the outer vest and stuff. We did, ours was whistle the whole nine, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And, and, even, uh, and even if you look kind of sloppy, you just say, you know, you kind of look sloppy, most, most good cops compensated for maybe a light sloppiness with the gift of gab so yeah. like if you had the gift of gab 
you know, like yeah. I've seen guys right back in back in the days in the jail and on the streets, like they, they could look, they try to keep themselves like, like anything else. We get older out of shape, but we, well, we become in shape. It's just a shape that you don't want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but at the same time as you're a cop, like you, you develop wisdom, knowledge. So yeah. you have that knowledge. And, um, so like, so like sometimes the young guys that will look and be like, what does he know? You know, and the thing is, like, yeah. like I've said it the last couple of times I talked to people like, well, that guy or that gal, they got a lot of street cred or a lot of correction cred. And yeah, it may not look as healthy fit as you, but they still like, they still try to take pride in their, what they can in the uniform. And more importantly, they take pride in their ability to, as you said, it best though, their ability yeah. to communicate compensates for other things, you know, yeah. you know, bad back, whatever the case may be. Um, and that's where, like you said, we're, we're yeah. going now because when you're getting training, when officers are getting training on both sides of the fence, corrections and on the police, when you're getting training online, uh, 200 slide PowerPoint, some video audio stuff, um, yeah. division of criminal justice or whatever the case may be. And some robotic voice talking to you, you don't have interaction with an instructor on a regular, um, it hurts. It hurts the cops. Yeah. It's, and it's not just Marty from North Carolina, Jose from New Jersey. Yeah, it's uh, everywhere. It's everywhere. You know, you, you heard yeah. in the last po podcast, and we'll keep <clears throat> emphasizing it's no matter yeah. what state you go to, what county you go to, small pokey doke, you know, don't fuck nowhere to a big city. It's it's everywhere. And if go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say if an officer can't ask a question and get feedback, right? In person, you know what I'm saying? They, they're not learning anything because they're not going to, I guarantee you, they're not going to ask you that question. They go, hey, man, I just want, I read this whole three paragraphs on this thing. And uh, they're not going to come up to you and say that. They're going to try to figure it out themselves. But if, if if you're standing in front of them, they go, hey, Sarge, can I, can I ask you a quick one right quick? And you go, yeah, go ahead. That's what we want. We want the interaction between the guys that don't know something with the guys that do know something, right? And, and they're not getting it. They're just not getting it. You know, right. and it pisses, it, it almost pisses you off. I know it pisses me off, it pisses you off that, that, that we're putting people out there that, that don't know how to communicate. And the first thing they reach for is something on that tool built. And it's not, it's, it's not the way to be. And, they, and they're going to roll, they, they rely on that so heavily these days. Yeah. And, and the first thing you do, as soon as you do pull it, I mean, you're on, you're on CNN. And they're going, oh God, he's blah blah blah, and and he didn't have no real training with that damn thing, whatever it was, you know. It just pisses me off, yeah. and nobody sees it except for people that's that's actually done the job, um, you know. So I don't know. That's that's one of the reasons you asked me a question there about when I left. When I, when did I know it was time to leave? Um, just, I was I had like eight jobs, man. I was over. I was overtaking, uh, I was over Academy. I was still over SRT. I was still over gang unit. Um, I was over OSHA. I was over four different budgets. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then, uh, it just, it got, it got crazy, man. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, one of the guys I looked up to my captain, I went in there one day and he said something to me and I said something back and it, it was like, you know what? I think today's the day. I think I've had enough. My wife had had enough. It affected, you know, it does affect your life. 
outside of, oh, yeah. yeah. But they, but, but what I learned when I left is you look back on some of it and you go, man, they used me, they used me right there. I got, I got past the quarter of a tank. Light came on, dude. They used my soul, my body, some of them, not all of them. I'm just saying in my personal situation, I got down to E and that light came on. And then I didn't, and I didn't realize it until I got out of there that probably, I don't think it saved my life, but it damn sure helped my life when I got out. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got out, I'd taken a new job with a good buddy of mine. He used to work Raleigh PD. He was uh, selling clothes, uh, 5'11", true spec and all that. And I was like, you know, he's like, you want to come with me to work? And I was like, yeah. And uh, I was driving down the road going to random and county man i had the biggest panic attack i was like what the fuck did i just do i quit my job <laughs> i quit my job to go sell pants you know or whatever or vest or whatever it was and uh i called pete and i said man did i do the right thing he's like well one is too late now um but the second is is you're gonna be all right because i'm with you and uh we've been together for a long, long time but um, he said, you just got to breathe and, and keep going, find a new why. And that's what I did. I found a new why and I learned how to do what I do now, you know, for the, since I left law enforcement. And what so, are you doing? So, and what are you doing now? Since yeah. So, you know, I went through a, a bunch of stuff and, you know, my, my passion is less lethal. Um, but, um, I'm working with, uh, uh spec plastics, Bob, Bob Harrington. So I'm his director of, um, business development and then i have my own company as well uh, but uh so we make handcuffs uh plastic handcuffs rubber handcuffs and uh we sell to you know the military all the branches of the military is probably one of our biggest one and then the fbi surprisingly enough is one of our biggest clients as well wow. um and then i do you know the overseas stuff as well so i do i hadn't worked in the united states in eight years basically i've worked internationally for the last eight years and um so you know if you go back to training right quick um training those guys over there dude they suck it in they, they just they just they love it because nobody knows they, they don't you know they're shooting nine foot targets you know dude nine feet tall I'm like what the hell are you doing with a nine foot target yeah. nobody over in malaysia is nine feet tall i'm telling them. so uh it's, it's good to go in there and teach people how to actually you know set up training but anyway so so yeah so we're you know, uh, with Bob, we've got traction boards. We, we've sold to uh, uh, military uh, units overseas. And uh, we make a really good handcuff, you know, um, as well. And um, so we've added some new stuff over the last little bit. But basically, I bring it all together for him, you know, and uh, try to make it work. So, and we've been we've been good partners for, for a couple of three years now. And, and I enjoy working with him. He's, he's a good cat. Um, and then I have my Triton group, um, and, uh, it's basically pretty much all my old clients and stuff from international. They call me and they go, Hey man, can you get me a bet, you know, 2000 vest or, you know, 10 million bullets or whatever it is. And then, uh, I go out and hook them up and make sure they get what they need. So it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. Still training? Are you still training at all now? Or it's been mostly the sales and networking international for right yeah. now. Yeah, because you did a lot yeah, of training. Right I mean, now, you know, I know you did a lot of training with 
um, other groups. And then, so now you're doing yeah. a lot of sales stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I trained over in Thailand and uh, Oman and Malaysia and Singapore, and Mexico, um, and all down through there, Peru. But uh, yeah, training right now is um, unfortunately not one of the things I'm doing the most of. Um, but uh, it's more, more directed towards building uh, the companies and stuff that, that, that I have. So, but um, I'm still in law enforcement, you know, I mean, I, you know, talked to all my brothers, you and Kurt and Ozzy and all the guys. And, but uh, yeah, it's just a, a little bit different these days. Uh, yeah. Older I get, you know, but um, you never know. I'll, uh, people's asked me to do some uh, uh, riot control stuff and I might jump back into it eventually. But right now, you know, when you get out of it, training, it's kind of, it's hard to come back. Well, we don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but, uh, you know, these, these, uh, posers out there, there's so many of them out there that, you know, it's hard to really compete with uh, a pretty website and, um, you know, somebody wearing, you know, tan and black, you know, <laughs> I'm not one of those dudes. Yeah. No, go, we, you know? well, that's, that's one of the best, the next thing, right. Cause I, we talk about that is the, yeah. because in the business you're in and as you said about the, um, the Cobra cuffs that you guys have yeah, uh, primarily a lot of military and the FBI, and obviously like a lot of SWAT teams, I see like a lot of these SWAT teams, like I'll try to help push them. You know, I still try to yeah. do. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause you know, I wish we had Cobra cuffs back then when I was on our team, because we would just get the regular ties, you know, from the yeah. hardware store or whatever. Um, yeah. and, but now like you see guys, they'll show up with these things and they're, they're they're just dangling like they're dang they come on the range you got stuff dangling off carabiners and and i'll so look at it, what, what's up with these carabiners you're jumping out of a helicopter you're fast roping like what are you doing with all this crap like you know oh it's yeah. for my keys you got this big carabiner or you have these zip tied that's dangling and i've had i had a guy one time you know he listened to a guy on our team and and he had the real short duty big big old school zip tie thing and i said i said don't have that stuff on we go on his job and you know, at the time, I know everything. Okay, he goes in and hit the house. And, like he's like the fourth, fifth guy in. I'm back in, catches the doorknob. You know, yeah. oh man, oh man. You know, we thought somebody got hit or something shot, and it's because of that stupid stuff. And we always train teams like streamline your stuff, keep yourself yeah. tight. No, you know, we do a jump check to make sure there's nothing jingling or dangling around. And those those cuffs were, you know, I still like I still show them. Like, listen, man. Yeah, that's why I check them out. That's why. Some of the teams I'm training, they'll say, "Oh, I would definitely reach out." But I, I, I just look at a lot of these departments, and you know, it's about fads. And going back to these training groups, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, that's the thing we've talked about many times, you and I. That there's, yeah, we started. You know, I started in 2002, and um, you know, we've just been rolling, doing our thing, and you know, I did it while being a cop, so it was it was a lot tougher being a cop, and you know, trying to get guys. Overall, I had some pretty good instructors come and go. Um, so that's a yeah. good, I got good guys on the team now. You know, I was looking for trying to build a little more. Um, but I, I found out like the problem with a lot of these other companies, right? The posers, as you said. Now, there's a guy back in the day, have we met, you know, Mr. Corrections, you know, juggernaut, yeah. whatever he was. Fancy yeah. website, one of the best websites ever. Ever. Um, ever. Great, great, great following of minions. And, um, but, yeah. you know, crash and burn you know it's not 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 the person that he once was no. there's other ones out there like we talked about they have great websites 
But when you look behind, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You look behind, you're like, wow, like what a yeah. bunch of posers, you know, a bunch yeah. of posers, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when you, some of these companies that uh, I've, I've, at least on my end, I've been dealing with, you know, at least quietly, like watch, like they, you, you, you know, I worked as a cop for a long time, so I could find out everything about people, you know, and these guys are former this, former that, former this, and former that, you're full of shit. You find out you started a company because you sucked at your job as a cop, you know, so now you're out here trying to teach cops stuff that you didn't, you never, never did, you know? And, yeah. Um, that's my thing. Like I always said, I said all the time, listen, if you've never done a search warrant before, you shouldn't be teaching search warrants. If you've never done a cell extraction before, you shouldn't be teaching cell extractions. Like, no. I mean, like, it's, but you got, but there's dudes out there that's walking around with their polo shirts and in a PowerPoint laser, you know, slide projector mover and, and they're yeah. like, this is how you do this. And this is how you're pattern now. And this, and you're like, no, like, mm. I know you, I, I know you and you're full of shit, you know? Yeah. And um, ah. it goes into what we talked about. The other topic is about people, yeah. people that you help in business, like on our field and then people take from you mm. and then they don't, I, I think thank you in this business is like a tough thing to say. You know, it's almost like it's almost like did you commit the crime? Oh oh, no, you know, like you know, you're like, like, dude, you you know, I helped you, you know, right? You you've helped so many people, and they take and they take, and you're like, Uh, months later or a year down the road, they got the pretty website, and they're like, wait, they're yeah, that's my shit. That's my shit. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's my shit. No, no, it's mine. It's mine. Exactly. No, I created this. I I did this, and you're like. And what's what's really hurtful about it is that these the end users, the clients that these guys are getting getting you know they're suckering in to use their services. Those yeah. poor those poor cops, correction officers, they have no clue that they're getting duped by you know like. And I always said it's about body of work, you know. I think I lost Marty there for a second. We have a little technical difficulty, Marty. But for those listening in, though, uh, the point being is that a lot of people do that. They they come in, they take your stuff, they jump on your, your company bandwagon, then they leave and they use your stuff. So uh, I think it's a shitty situation, but who am I? And we're going to take a pause for a second and we'll be right back. back back to the podcast I'm going to give marty a call lost his internet that's what happens when you're in north carolina <laughs> what's up man <laughs> that's all right it's all good yeah so anyway we're, we're still we're still running hot here so figured we'll, we'll finish up here um so we were talking about uh we were talking about the um those people that um like to take other people's things <laughs> and uh and uh what experience have you had with that 
I'll tell you something. I was doing I was doing a gang speech. Um, I was five hundred people in the room. This is this is somebody taking credit for something. So uh, so me and Randy get out there. We do our spiel. Talk about three hours. You know, with breaks in between everything. We get done. Everybody goes. Oh, that was great. Um, and then my lieutenant stands up in front of five hundred people and goes, "I just want to let y'all know that I let Marty and Randy." do this, go around the country and do this stuff. And you'll see, you know, his name's at the top of the, his name had to be in the, uh, the actual uh, syllabus. And I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. This thing's standing up here. <laughs> doing this. But uh, no, that, that was probably the worst, most humiliating thing I've ever seen. But uh, no, we, you know, um, uh, I've had I've had several people just just take my stuff, man. I, I don't mind taking it if if they just say thanks or you know you know you're supposed to put the original uh, person's name in the actual uh, syllabus, to, right? To, you know to, to show that where you actually where it was created or whatever. Right. But I, I mean that's what you're supposed to do down down here. You are, and uh, and it's funny, man, because. You'll see it. I, I, it's funny. A couple of years ago, I got the uh, the lesson plan back from the Justice Academy, and my name and Tony's name were, were not in there. It was new guys. And I was like, what? Wow. Are you kidding me? We created this whole thing before I was dead, and, and, and there's new names on there? Are you kidding me? And uh, so, yeah, that and... and um, the other thing that gets on my nerves really bad is people that be more than what they actually truly are. Right. I, I am the man. I want you. To, I want you to know that I'm the man. If you have to tell me that you're the man, then you're the man. Right. And, uh, and you know we've never been that way. Have, have, have you been cocky every once in a while in your lifetime? You go, hell yeah, I wrote that. You know, or I did that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and you should rightfully so, because you work your ass off to, to, to develop the training to, to put out there. Right. Um, but, you, you know, there's, there's so many posers out there. Um, and we say posers, and, and the other thing we talked about the other couple weeks ago was the, the word brother. You know, I didn't look right. at the definition of it, but I can tell you, there's a lot of people in our, our um, field, they use that word a lot. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, it's it's watered down a little bit, uh, but for old hats like you and I, and uh, and some other people like Kurt and and some other people we know, uh, sure it is a brotherhood. But uh, some people they, they hear that word brother and they just think that's you know. I, I tell you, I had a guy the other week. I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years, and uh, and I said something to him and he goes, "Man, I wouldn't lie to you, brother." Yeah. And he said it just like that, right? And I said, no, I, I'm not saying it. He said, no, I'd lie to an enemy, but I'd never lie to a brother. And then I was like, but you are lying. Because I'm lying. And I, and I was just like, man, you know? <laughs> just see it, man. Yeah. yeah. Just, just do it for me, man. I, sometimes I don't even like saying the word. 
Well, there's a, well, there's a lot of pedigrees out there. People like, again, I always say a lot of paper champions, you know, they, they yeah. send their resumes and bios and I've done this, I've done that. And just a lot of paper champions and, and they just really just ruin it. And I feel bad for, I feel bad for a lot of the law enforcement community that's getting, you know, cause I said, you know, like I've always told people like we're, we're not, we're not the end all, you know, the end game of training. You know what I mean? Like we, we do a lot of specialty things, you know, and we're good at it. We're really good at it, you know, and anyone wants to challenge us of what we're doing, you know, someone wants to challenge us in the court, you know, you know, if officer needed our help, which we've helped officers in courts, you know, from our training, but we always tell it like, you know, go, we always tell people go to different training, you know, but make sure you vet, make sure you vet who you're doing training with. Like do, do the background. It doesn't take long to do background and somebody say, Hey, you know, this is, you know, this, this person's this, or, or this guy's been trained by this guy, you know, and like yourself, we've had guys, many guys, I know we train in our business and then they start their Wiley Coyote Acme training company, but we'll tell people, listen, if they got a, you know, a, a decent product, you know, of training services, you know, you, you always want to go to different things and then mesh, mesh it to yourself, you know, mesh, mesh your abilities, develop your skills to be the best cop, whatever you're going to be. But like you said, but when you get these guys in a cop, it's a copy and paste world, man, you know, especially with technology, everyone can take everyone's stuff and, um, and like you said, the brother thing, you kind of sound like Chaz Reinhold from uh, Wedding Crasher. Come here, brother. Come in and throw a hug, you know? And, and you're, yeah, you're like, well, God, dude, you're so full of shit, you know? And, and it just, it hurts because, it, you know, every time a cop gets beat up or shot, you know, whether it's outside the prison or inside the prison, you know, I always say when I watch a video, I'm like, damn, where was the training or what kind of training did this officer have? Or why did this, you know, like you said, the officer hesitated, but then you go into, well, who trained these people? And then you find out some of these clowns who pretend to be their Navy SEALs and et cetera. And again, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep it real. You know, I said it on all the other podcasts, I talked to the cops in different training, you know, our military is our military best fighting force in the world, at least the, the original ones. Nowadays, the way they're creating some of our military, you know, with this nonsense, but I mean, that, you know, Navy SEALs, Special Forces, they're not the catch-all to law enforcement. They're just not. Like, they, they're, they're a supplement of good information, of good tactics and training. But I, I tell cops, I say, you can't rest your laurels. You can't rest your, your, your final actions on the training, you know, of someone teaching how to, you know, who's throwing a frag grenade inside a, a hut or building, you know, to blow people up. We're here in the United States. You can't do it. Um and then like everyone, even though, even those high-end companies, like they're stealing from each other. Like literally I know from some of these dudes, from these, they have these great, again, what great websites, you know, and I met a lot of these guys and they're good dudes, but all of a sudden guy doesn't like a certain philosophy. We should change this. And, and the guy who's the boss, well, it's, it's my way. And then that guy leaves and he starts his own little company, you know, and also the next thing you know, like I've heard through like just in our state, one guy who used to work with one company, showed up, got like a contract with UASI up here, you know, in Jersey somewhere. And then another dude, uh, Hey, you can, can I get some of that information? You know, like kind of like telling some, some of the officer, Hey, give me, give me some of their lesson plan. You know what I mean? Like in, and guys are like taking things from each other and you're like, this, you're a business. Like, where's, where's your creativity? Like, where's your mind? Like if you have a, like you, if you have a skill set with gang stuff, like, and you've been doing that for forever in a day, you know, why would I, and I have no experience other than, let's see, I locked up 
say I'm that guy who locked up, oh, I locked up three blood members in one MS-13. I'm an expert now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally agree. So. I, and, and, and my, you know, the whole brother thing, I mean, this is a small percentage, but it's that percentage that just, ah, man. Yeah. You just want to just go, dude, it's not, you don't get it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just don't get it. Yeah, I know. It's very disheartening, to be honest with you. Because, um, you know, like I said, you know, back in the day, I hate to say back in the day because your son's, you know, he, your son's just finding out about it. You know, he's, yeah. he's just, he's just, you know, he's learning now. You know, yeah. he's got years ago to, uh, you know, to figure it out. And I, you know, you obviously don't fully figure it out, but um, Godspeed to him and, and the rest of these guys getting into it because it's, uh, I see these dudes now, I, when I drive around town, my old department stuff, I don't know a soul, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, man. they're so young, and I look at them, you know, you know, and that's the other thing too. It's like you know, you, you go up to somebody, and, and you know, still again, the, the one of the funniest stories you ever told me was the drill sergeant thing um, <laughs> at the academy. But um, <laughs> so anyway, so but these, you know, you, you know, before the whole cameras and all this stuff, and I'm not, I'm not. What I'm saying is, is it was, it was a different world. Um, not because, you know, we just, I don't know, we just beat the crap out of people. But that's not all we did. We yeah. talked to more people than beat the crap out of. I can tell you that. For, yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. But um, when these new cats come up and they start telling you a story, man, and you go, I wish I could, I wish I could relate to how, because this, it's, it's, it's such a different world than I grew up. I, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe now that I say that. Maybe I was the same stupid, you know, you know, gullible person back in the day, and going, "Man, this is the coolest thing ever." Yeah. And you go, "Really? It's not because you're not you're not thinking straight." I don't know. Yeah. Um. Maybe I just I don't know. You know, it's it's like watching um, you know, people back in high school. Like, man, we had some big football players, and you look at these guys today, and you go, "Man, these, these dudes ain't near as big as they, you know, we were." Were, were we that big back in the day? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I, know. Uh, well, I think I think our hair was big. <laughs> I know I know I had a big head of hair. <laughs> Not no more. No. There you go. There you go, puppy dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Um, any any uh, last stuff we we'll talk about is um, any current projects you got going on? I know you told me with the mill spec plastics or uh, with the type. Yeah. 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 Hopefully down the road um, we'll we'll pan out pretty good. But um, yeah. no, we you know it's it's funny because you know um, people are people are I think I think people are starting to load up again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're they're starting to. Uh, to go, oh, we do need that because you know, I mean, I got I got people going, hey man, do you have a hundred thousand handguns? You know, yeah. I mean, I won't have them tomorrow, but I can have them in a couple weeks. But yeah. um, you know, some stuff like that. And then I'm doing some uh, pretty interesting stuff out of Mexico, uh, non-related to um, you know, handcuffs or anything. It's more more um, high security type stuff. Um, that that uh, I got involved with um, that that we're doing right now that hopefully will uh, 
pan out. But, uh, you know, it's all, it's all good stuff, you know? Good deal, man. All right. Well, so, so listen, um, appreciate you coming on and I, uh, you know, I know we had a little internet glitch, but I'm glad we could finish yeah. with, with the phone, but I got a final, I got a final question. I try to leave uh, with everyone okay. who's, who's coming on board and uh, giving us some good insight. Cause again, the world, as this thing grows, you know, we want the society to hear to, you know, about yeah. the truth, the different sides, you know, the good, bad, and the difference. So, yeah. um, you know, final question for you is uh, you're about to leave this world. You know, the time has come, the time has come uh, one day where, but before you go, um, you get to give one last piece of advice to the world and everyone, everyone will hear what you have to say uh, before you go and your words are going to mean some, something to somebody out there. So you have that one chance that the entire world will pause and hear you um, say something. What would you say to everyone as a piece of advice listening to your last, um, your last day? What would you what would you tell the world? That's a tough question, man. I mean, there's so many directions. I mean, you think about careers. So I think honestly, man, love your family, take care of your family, learn all you can from your your elders, like I did with my my uh, uncle Arthur and, and uh, my dad. I think this whole thing, family's first, man. You there you know? go. And I think uh, you love no matter what, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah. That's, That's a good one. Well, that's a good yeah. one, man. Like you said, we have we have lost that. A lot of us have lost that in uh, family life. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you put in perspective family first. I think that's that's important thing. And I hope, uh, yeah. hope people, you know, resonates with some people who might listen in on this thing. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking too, brother. No, thank you for coming on, man. Like I said, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give your, your company a plug again. I know Millspecs and, and the other companies. Yeah, Millspecs, so Millspecs Classics okay. um, and, uh, and Triton uh, Solutions. So. All right, sounds good. Yep. Marty, my man, it says good talking to you, and uh, we yes, will sir. chat soon, my brother. Hi, right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you. Hey, I said brother. See that? I said brother. No, <laughs> I don't know. I'll be good. Later. All right, gang. So there you have it. Uh, again, apologize for a little glitch. Obviously, he had an internet problem, but it finished up pretty good. And um, great man. Uh, we met some years ago, and I'm glad that we were able to, to uh, connect and him come on. And for those listening in, again, it, it's um, it's a pleasure to kind of give out some different perspectives of former police. Um, hoping to get some active cops on this podcast as well. Uh, but at least a lot of the experienced ones that we get on here that did a lot of years in, in the business. Uh, we want to give a true perspective from our vantage point of what we've seen for many years and what, what the problems are back then and what the problems are now. So thank you again for lis listening in to the Real-Time Experience podcast. And We'll talk soon, my friends. Peace out.